Welcome. You are listening to the Great Brook Podcast. Each week, Maura Snow and Tanya Middleton discuss issues in the workplace and take a page out of their personal life experiences to discuss potential solutions. Okay, Maura, here we are again. Today's topic is white guilt. Oh, man. (laughs) And so the reason why we want to talk about this topic today is... Maura and I have been working together for a good while. Yeah, a couple of Um, years now. Yes, yes. And Maura was so brave to just basically say, I chose you because you're black. She wanted me on her team. And in the process of us talking about, you know, her choosing me because I was a black person, black woman specifically. Yeah. She said, but am I doing this because of my white guilt? So then that just sparked that little curious brain of mine to say, well, let's look at that, Maura. Yeah. Let's see if you have some white guilt going on over here now. Or what is this thing? Yes. You know, and, but let me just say first, before we get started and I turn this over to you is that I appreciate you for selecting me, not only because I'm a black woman and, and what this is, is that I'm just also glad that I was able to receive your message, not as an insult or as a problem and to dismiss your request because this is what we need right now. Yeah. We need to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Boldly, openly, and let's just talk about it. Yeah. So I'm going to turn it over to you to start. All right. You know, I got questions. So all right. Go ahead. I will launch into it because one of the things we want to cover from Great Brook podcast is what are the elephants in the room? Yeah. Now, I know. Do you still have that Wikipedia in front of you on white guilt? Yes. Go ahead and read that and then I'll dive right in. White guilt refers to a belief that white people bear a collective responsibility for the harm which has resulted from historical or current racist treatment of people belonging to other racial groups. As for example, in the context of the Atlantic slave trade, European colonialism, and the genocide of the indigenous peoples. I'll stop there. All right, thank you. So I I can only speak for myself as a white person, obviously, as you can only speak for yourself, but nevertheless, I'm a white person, you are a black person, so we're somewhat representative just by virtue of having shown up. Yes. So when I think about this concept of of white guilt and uh, someone wrote a book called White Fragility, it's almost as if white people were bopping around in our all happy little universe where there is no racism and suddenly we noticed George Floyd got murdered for a minor crime if indeed he committed a crime at all. I think it involved the, uh, he might've had a counterfeit $20 bill. Beside the point, it was like, Wow, and suddenly white people started taking a little more ownership than they had before. I don't know what it was about that event because certainly this has been going on since the first black person in chains was delivered to the United States to uh, provide free labor so that this can become the great nation that it is is from all that free labor from enslaved peoples. So what do we do with that, right? Largely, we see a problem, we say, wow, there's a problem? There's always been a problem. I may or may not have contributed to the problem, but you know what? Right now I want to help. And what can I do to help? And sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to look like a helper that we can even be less than helpful. 
right? You hear about performative things sometimes. And I go back and forth on this, like if I, because I have had, I have a Black Lives Matter sign in my yard and I had it there so long that it all fell apart in the wind and it is no longer in my yard anymore. And the question is, am I trying to show off to all my neighbors what a cool person I am because I think Black Lives Matter? Or am I telling my black neighbors around the corner that my, my home is safe for them, but have I insulted my whole neighborhood by saying, well, since you don't have one of the signs, this means you don't think that black lives matter. So that is a place you can go with white people is what do we do with that? What do we do that's actually doing the work? And one of the requests I had from my clients was, can you get me some information? You know, Great Brook Leadership, we teach leadership development, we teach communication skills using insights, and they said, can you interlace that with diversity training? And I thought, yes, I would love to, but I am not going in there as a white lady alone. And of course, that's how Tanya and I knew each other prior to two years ago. I knew she knew a bit about insights, and she seemed to be available to do this, and I told her straight up, I said, I need a black lady to do this with me. <laughs> and you just happened to be one. Right. But again, we had met before. But, so that whole piece of do I own every horrible thing that ever happened in U.S. history? Me alone because of the, the color of my skin? Maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, it's not, there's no easy answer to that. But this moment, if it calls us to act, then as white people, let's act. Let's do what we can when we can. If all we do is stick a sign in our yard, well, maybe that's better than nothing. You know, I, I don't know, Yeah. but I think about that. We just have no clue about one another's lived experience and how that impacts us. Tanya and I teach a, a class with insights, discovery, and understanding perceptions, and we have this one slide we've been using, right? And these two little birds are sitting together on chairs, just like we are right now. And the birds look very similar to one another, as we do. We are both women, we look a lot alike, our skin is different colors, but otherwise, we're clearly the same species. We have a lot in common. And the one bird says to the other bird, and they're both birds, do you think the owl is a predator? Other bird says, owl, owl's not a predator. Owl never did anything to me. No way is owl a predator. No, and we both sit back all relaxed and calm because we don't know why somebody called owl a predator, but we know owl, owl's not a predator. Then we think, you know, what was Mr. Mouse talking about, right? <laughs> because Mr. Mouse has definitely perceived owl as a predator in, their lived, in that lived experience. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lived experience that is part of your upbringing that perhaps is not part of mine. Many lived experiences that are similar, but I've never been followed around a store because I might be a thief and I know you have, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So well, I'm not a thief. Oh, I'm being suspected as a thief. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll stop following you around my store. From our bias discussion. <laughs> right. No, no, that's good. That, that's important as well, right? That we dive into everything deep. So what do we do? What do we do to understand that? Because I think what happens, this is my experience. I grew up and I was told there used to be slavery, but there's no slavery anymore. There used to be a law of discrimination, but along came Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and all of the civil rights marches, and we have moved beyond that, and everything's fine. 
You might hear that things are not fine, but everything's fine. You shouldn't even see color. I shouldn't even notice that your skin is, is black. Uh, and, but it's, yeah, I do. But it's supposed to be that everything is fine. And that is the story I'm supposed to believe. When evidence, like George Floyd right there on the news, comes up in front of me, showing me that everything is not fine, I might suffer from what's called cognitive dissonance, where, but that's my foundation story. That is the myth of America that I grew up with, that we are beyond that and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Surely if Mr. Floyd is lying on the ground with a cop on his neck, he did something horrible. That must be it. And I cling to my core belief because it's, it demands too much of me to let go of it. Mm -hmm. Let me um, say a couple of things sure. in the meantime before we even go further into like yeah. cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. and, and more of the George Floyd. Let me go back to you referenced uh, white fragility. We're talking about possibly the book written by Robin D'Angelo. Yeah. And one of the things she says here or one of the questions it talks about is why is it so hard for white people to talk about racism? And so this is yeah. part of now, like, you got to look at here we are in 2022. This book was actually published in 2018. Mm. So even just four years ago, right. Robin was already on top of this particular yeah. topic. Yeah. Even to the point of now, I have not read the book myself, in which I will, but... Think about what we're dealing with also with critical race theory. Right. Like what you said in yes. regards to your parents told you there used to be slavery, there was, and mm -hmm. then there was discrimination. But now, look, we don't even want to talk about that even, even yeah. at this point. Right, the cognitive you know? dissonance. Right. So mm -hmm. we want to basically just even remove these, these studies, these books, this history yeah. from our libraries. So much so we want to like act as if or the certain folks in the world wants to act as if this didn't happen. Yeah. So it, it, it is strange that we have not really talked in detail about mm -hmm. this. So I appreciate you again for being willing to talk with me and deep dive through some of this yeah. because we have to get white folk ready to talk about what bothers them with people of color, mm -hmm. um, yeah. especially African-American people of color. Yes. I have, I try not to just single myself or single our group out, yeah. but it's very clear that African-Americans, blacks are treated unfairly at a level different than other people of color. I agree. And that's all I will say in yeah. that matter. Yeah. However, we have to look at our workplaces because we're about changing the workplace, right. diversifying the workplace, making more inclusive workplaces totally. where people, all people belong, right. all people are paid fairly, yeah. the same wage. So this is what we're trying to do. Right. But we can't do that if we do not dig into some of these topics, yes. such as like even just the white guilt. Right, right the fragility of it all, mm -hmm. why can't we talk about it? Because you know, you gotta look at a lot of these companies are led by white folk. And if they don't talk about it right. on a real deeper level, yes. are we really gonna rid our staff, our 
companies are employees of the attacks, harassment, discrimination, mm-hmm. unfair practices right. that are happening in the workplace yeah. because we won't talk about that very one issue. Yeah, yeah. The right. white guilt. Yeah. Even you told me, you said, I said, well, you know, it's just a part of, you know, admitting that, you know, slavery happened. You said it's not admitting, it's acknowledging. Yeah. And I yes. kind of have to go back and forth right. between, you yes. know, what hurt you that I couldn't even say admitting, you know? Yes. Right, right. And, <laughs> and, I was and you like, had to correct me to say yeah. acknowledging. Yes, you know? right. I know. But the great thing is that's part of the conversation. Right. Is it better? Is it more helpful if I use admit? Perhaps it's more helpful for you, but then I have the weight of all the white guilty people standing behind me saying, but if I'm saying I admit something, it means I did a crime. Just as you're saying, hey, I'm not a criminal. And I think, I mean, for a lot of white people, racist is the worst thing you can be called. And they love to say, I don't have a racist bone in my My body. body. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I think my body came with some racist bones. It came with all kinds of weirdness that, you know, we deal with Mm -hmm. as we grow and develop. Mm -hmm and learn mm-hmm. and be willing to be vulnerable yes, to one another yes. and talk about what is going on mm-hmm. and to deal with it. Just just to acknowledge, yeah. admit if you like, Ad- yeah. that it's not an equal history. I feel like slavery of people of African descent was America's original sin. We are founded on the work of enslaved people. Mm-hmm. We are a great nation because of that work. Is there any way to change our perspective from one of, ooh, slavery was bad, to one of, wow, thank you for the free labor. Not that you had any choice in it, but that acknowledges our greatness of our soil. Our our, our, our very capital building was built by enslaved labor, but that was some really good work. Right, right. Um, (laughs) And how do you balance all of that? Because it's horrible that it was slave labor and it was good work and mm-hmm. it's made us into the nation that we are, except for the fact that we, you know, stole the nation from the indigenous people that were living here. But I do feel like because of that, whites are always, I, and again, I'm broad, broad spectrum whites, but we're feeling like, ooh, I'm afraid you might hate me because mm-hmm. of slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And slavery doesn't exist when I'm dealing with uh, people with dark skin from India, from South America, from any place else in the world, people with dark skin from Africa might hate me, and I don't want them to hate me. Well, and you have to remember, though, Mara, even even though you may feel that you may get hate from being completely real mm-hmm. about your experiences, what you were taught, told, and what you know, right, and how it has affected you such that there is some white guilt in it, if it is, but you're working through it. But me too, just to even talk about it, I do feel like even as a black person, we do need to tone down some of our things, our anger. We can get really upset to talk about these things, especially if the white person don't want to see it our way. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Right. We have also been complicit in slowing down some of the progress there. And I'm not, and, and that's a maybe, you're right. The thing is, and believe me, my black folks gonna be like, "Oh, Tanya," but the, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm looking like at this from my experiences too. Right. I, I grew up in Oakland. Not only it's a, a you know very diverse culture there, 
I went to a school in the Oakland Hills that, you know, basically built on a lot of, you know, white success. So my school dealt with, I had everybody there, you know. Nice. And from that, I appreciate it because I feel like I'm a more diverse person from mm -hmm. it. Yeah. However, it also works against me too because I don't see some of the things mm -hmm. that yeah. other blacks may see or have experienced, right? right? So my connection to some of the trauma that comes out of all of this enslavement, right. racism, and yeah. things like that, I don't feel so attacked because I've been able to expose myself to workplaces, experiences, people of all cultures that I feel I'm okay. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, especially in these recent years, I've been fired up yeah. because I yeah. cannot believe that right now today we're dealing with this same issue that should have been dealt with a long time ago for one. Right. I want to be, one of the reasons why I accepted to work with you outside of, I like insights, I like right. what it does, talking about our perceptions and biases and things like that. I like, you know, the fact that you brought me in as your director of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. But my biggest thing was, I knew I needed to get out there. Yeah, I needed to be a voice, not only for my people, but also for our allies, in mm -hmm. which we'll talk more about allyship further on, yeah. on another subject. On another one. Right? Yeah. Because we have to get to the point where we build in some action plans and we do some things and yeah. we start holding people accountable right. for this time in our world where white guilt, fragility, uh, biases, racial reckoning, it's all happening. Yeah. And we all are tired. Yeah. I think we all are tired. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what color you are. You, we are tired. Yeah. We Good want point. this. We want to get to a place where we can now move forward in this world, just as a people, right. with respect for each other. Yeah. And our diverse natures. Yeah. Or cultures. Yeah. Right. Hey, you bleed the same blood. I mean, hey, it might not be the same blood because your blood is your blood from your genetics. Yeah, mine, but mine, it's mine. red. But it's red, right? <laughs> it's going to do about the same thing. You yep. cut me, I cut you. We, yep. we, 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 we about to bleed. And yeah. if somebody don't put a Band-Aid on my cut or your cut, we're going to both bleed out That's and right. die. And, and my blood is <laughs> O positive, which is the universal donor. So if you needed blood, you could have some of mine. And I, I better help you take it too. Think I yeah. won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, in all seriousness, yeah. I would definitely say, you know, because I mean, I'm born in the late 60s, so mm -hmm. I've had, I've come through the Martin Luther King, yeah. where folks may have thought that, hey, civil rights and civil laws have been put in place to keep us from discriminatory practices. And I have learned that <laughs> all the work that he's done, the Malcolm X's, some of the other great people out there, Reggie Jackson, just all the folks that have done, right. Jesse Jackson, not Reggie, I'm sorry, have done to help us work through. You know, we right. have NAACP. Yep. We have so many Black Lives Matter now. Yeah. So many different organizations that have been hitting the pavement, trying to help America get to this place of, one, just respect for people as a whole, no yeah. matter their color, creed, religion, right. gender, style, disability, yes. yeah, all that. Just respect, because I, you know I go off on tangents, but I hear you say that, 
And look what social media has been doing, how disrespectful all of us humans are to one another. I mean, let's deal with, yes, I certainly respect one another from our different races, but just as humans, it is okay to step up and be polite yes. and, and start and that's it. Start from now, there. Now, social media, yeah. I, mentioned, I heard you say that. I don't, I don't know for sure if I'm cutting you off with no, your that's, thought. That's, but I will say that definitely for African-Americans or blacks, social media, media has been good for us sure. to record oh, and, totally. and, 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 and put some action behind things that should have been done. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. There yep. are some things and biases and certain issues in social media that's not necessarily as healthy and a lot of that is just pretty much you know framing and me media stuff that we really have no control over right well but we do there's the name calling that goes on from trolls you know i told yeah. you about the example of and this has been probably four or five years ago my church had invited a speaker from black lives matter who's going to come talk to us as an audience i put it on the town pages yeah. And someone threatened to run me over with a snowplow. Right, yeah. Or just anytime we let humans loose yeah. and, and have that ability to communicate with one another, and the first thing they want to do is put each other down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and sometimes across racial lines, sometimes not. Just yeah. find ways to goad one another, and, you know, I think they're trolls. But, you know, those are the fear mongers, right? Right. Those yeah. are the people who fear the fact that we're going to actually come to a place one day and actually live peacefully together. Right? Right. Yeah. But you know. And those fear mongers are going to troll your pages. They do. They don't only just troll your social media pages. Yeah. They troll everything they can if they yeah. can. You yeah. know, because I was, it was a situation where, I'm trying to, re I have to recall it, but anyway, it was a situation where someone showed up at someone's like job or office upset that yeah. they were supporting someone saying, uh, I think it was more of a, Gender, LBG, LB, LGBTQ, plus. I'm just having a little tongue-tied moment right now, okay? But yes, that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. wanted to harm someone yeah. from supporting someone else yeah. that was of LGBTQ plus A, yeah. or A plus, all that. All of the letters. <laughs> Everything related I better get to it right because I don't want identification. Have, you no, say we, it because I want it to be right. I don't want us to have any issues on that issue because I love everybody. I do. I have all kinds of friends. You do. <laughs> you know it. I, I love know everybody. It for sure. You yeah. know, sometimes yeah. I probably love everybody too much, but that's all right. That's you know? all right indeed. Um, yeah. I, I, my main thing, though, is us getting to and hashing out this white guilt. Yes. And what's the main thing in, in, in like what the white fragility book states is that just talking about it. Right. Right. Yes. And being real about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Being able to do like what we even did in our bias podcast mm -hmm. where we admit it. Yeah. To some of our biases. Sure. Yeah. Right. And sometimes and we don't even know, it. like the birds who don't know that their buddy owl is a predator. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But if they're also buddies with the mouse, then they got some things to deal mm -hmm. with. And that's kind of like. Okay, I don't know what my neighborhood covenants are, mm -hmm. right? Have you heard about, like, neighborhood covenants in some cases say no black people can live yes. in this neighborhood, yes. right? And yes. some neighborhoods have gone and they've dug in the archives and they found their covenants, and if that's in their neighborhood covenants, yes. they take it out. Yes. Um, well, I haven't yeah. done that. Right. Well, And that's part of what I do with the DEIB work that I do. Yeah. Um, one of the things besides, you know, 
um, messaging, one of the things besides action plan. I also talk about policies, digging mm. through the policies of yes. the companies. Yeah. Because we need to dig through, we need to see what's there so we can pull that stuff out. Because yeah. oftentimes if your policies are written with that in, ingrained in there, you're practicing some, you know, discriminatory you practices without even, without even knowing. Yeah. yeah. You know, just by following the rules. Right. Right. How are the rules written? How are the rules Language written? Matters. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know, what just words do we use? Exactly. Yeah. What do we use? Yeah. So we have to get to the point of digging through, sifting through, talking about accessing, doing everything that we can as a people. Yeah to rid all this stuff out. At that point, if we do that and we respect people for who, who they are, then maybe we can do away with some critical race theory practices in all schools. Maybe it's only limited. It was already just a law um, well, study. I mean, I back up on critical race theory because it's a graduate course it's a gra in understanding right. race. Exactly. And people who want to get us all riled up have said, Oh my goodness, anytime you teach American history that includes the fact that the way black people have been treated is bad, somehow that's critical race theory and mm. we don't want right, to right. tell our kids. I mean, we embrace that. We it embrace makes that. us right. a better nation. Yeah. All of our warts and hairs right. and ugliness. I, I like when you say we're tired because you know what? We just need to take hands and yeah. pick each and other really up and rest. And really understand what we're yeah. seeing. The reason why I said that is we have to get back to the place to really understand where things fit and what it really means, right? Yeah. yeah. Because, like you said, that's a graduate course when they right. speak on it. But you have all these high-level people speaking on critical race theory. When that's not what we teach. We teach history. Yes. Yeah. And right. in history, it make bring. It talks about slavery. It How talks about, about you know yeah. all these different things right. that happen in history. And they say but you don't love your country. Country. If you acknowledge if, that, no, I love my country I love more. My, right. Especially exactly. when we acknowledge it, because it's like, yep, we are who we are we right are who now. We are. are there reparations to make? Let's talk. Yes. If it, let's yes, talk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's you know. Let's go ahead on. Let's deal with all that because until we deal with it, right. it's only going to recycle. Yep. It's going to recycle and recycle and recycle. And we're going to continue to follow into this same pit of <laughs> living hell. Yeah. But then in a in the place of America, the land of the free. Yeah. Come on. That is totally contradictory already, right there. Yes. The yeah. land of the free, but we not free. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. are we somewhat free, but not truly free. And are we free to and, acknowledge and are we, our history? Are, are we invite? Because I think, you know, there's white people who say you're just inviting division by talking about that. It's in the past. Stop riling things up. And it's no, we don't have to dwell on it, but acknowledge right. exactly. it. Exactly. Because it's not divisive. And we like you said, the key word dwell. We're not yeah. dwelling on it. Let's deal with it so we can move past right. it. Yeah. If we don't deal with it, we cannot move past it, but it's gonna continue to show up yeah. until we deal with it. But deal with it, depending on who you are, what does that mean? True. And, are, I mean, I think we're on a path of dealing with it. The fact that we have names like Jesse Jackson and Dr. King that we can name. The fact that we do have women of color in significant, offices in the Supreme Court, Court as right. a vice president, and we have Barack Obama, all of that 
is part of dealing with it. I don't think we're ever going to have it dealt with mm -hmm. and over, mm -hmm. but what the work that Great Brook Leadership is trying to do is these conversations deal with it. And often they end with, well, I'm not sure. Let's see what we can, let's keep talking about. I don't think there's going to be any point at which we've said, okay, we've dealt with that because that's what I was told. Mm -hmm. We dealt with that in the 60s. So I was well, going to say, yeah. when you said that, is that part of cognitive dissonance? Because you're saying we dealt with it, dealing with having Barack, right. having a black right. white VP, yeah. having a now new black mm -hmm. Supreme Court justice, mm -hmm. female, and certain things. But is that just makeup? Is that yes. well, what, 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 what I mean, really, really, what is it? Is it? Because you exactly. saw yes. what Supreme Court justice just went through. Yes, we did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... What yeah. she went through. The questioning? Yeah. We cannot say that this is, we're dealing with it. Right. No, right. it hasn't been dealt with. Yeah. Not at the level in yes. which it needs to be. Exactly. Right? And that is the point I was trying to make. It's there. I mean, it wouldn't have been there in the 60s, so it's a step. But you're right. It doesn't mean it has been dealt with because each time we deal with it, we bring up all of that insane questioning, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that we went through on the Supreme Court nomination. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. And this but, is why oftentimes blacks will, you will hear them say, it's not for us to have to deal with, although yeah. I disagree to a certain extent. I think we need to be a part of the discussions for sure. Yeah. Because we have to drive them in a way that makes sure that they are dealing with or addressing or looking at certain aspects. Right. Because just like as we're talking, we can conclude right here, but how many folks are having these conversations around the world like this? Yeah. You know, yeah. are they really going this deep or right. are they really talking things that matter? You know, I don't want to be so insensitive, insensitive to you mm -hmm. to hurt you and I don't want you to do that back to me. Right. But I'm in a space where I will be completely true, vulnerable, and whatever I need to be yeah. to have the discussion. Right. Most folks won't do that. And we got, we must get to a place where we can actually have, have these conversa conversations. Yes, just have the conversation. And I don't necessarily need to be the leader in it, even if I'm just present, because we need more people like you, Maura, yeah. who can be in our willing right vulnerable enough understanding enough to hey put yourself out there yeah you know because you could be eaten up by the wolves almost i mean that's just a colloquial term that's just more of a analogy right eaten by the wolves but just meaning that you could be attacked i could for i did get threatened with a snowplow i bet and you could be attacked for voicing your thoughts, it's right. exposing your experiences, your beliefs and biases, you know, unfairly to yeah. you because you're doing what we all say, keeping it real. Yeah. Right? But I'm going to interrupt. Now, I appreciate all the kind words because, you know, I have that sunshine yellow personality. I love a lot of recognition. But then we're merging into, uh-uh-uh-uh, don't be calling me a white savior, you know, right. because there's white people who are like, oh, I'm going to dive in and fix it. And look how much she appreciates it. It's like, no, I have, right? I have seen that there's a mess and that it needs to be dived into. And to me, dealing with 
is keeping the conversation open and we are never done dealing never with. Done. It's when we say yeah. it's been dealt with the that action. we've stopped dealing yeah. because we have to and our kids have to and our grandkids have to. I have a great example. My granddaughter, she went to inner, she, when she was a little kid, inner city schools in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, real diverse classroom. Then her parents, she moved out into a, a suburb and she goes to school and they, and they selected it by, we want the best school. Mm -hmm. So they moved her to the suburb, the best school. She came home her first day of school and parents said, so what did you think of your school? And she just looked really confused. They said, what, what is it? She said, mommy, where did all the black people go? Right, she raised it because she wondered. And sometimes the answer that we get when white people say, where did all the black people go? is like somehow, oh, well, they want to live in the city or whatever. It's like, it's a perfectly good school. Why, why isn't it the birthright of every human being on the planet to have a great education? I just heard on the news this morning that Finland regards as a defense strategy of their nation a completely well-educated citizenry and it starts from babyhood. Mm -hmm. But trying to keep it connected to white guilt, mm -hmm. white people mm -hmm. need to be able to speak their truth to mm -hmm. say, where are all the black people? Because I had a CEO, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna Go keep rolling here, CEO and she was from India. And the chief medical officer uh, was from China. Mm -hmm. And there was only six people in the company. And she said, you know, I am trying to make sure that we send the right message around diversity mm -hmm. and she looks around the, and it was mostly women in the company she looks around and she says but look at us i think we are a living message and i said i think we need more black people mm -hmm. um you know and that's kind of a oh well why are you saying that because it's pushing back against the we've dealt with it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I, like we've dealt with it but then still where are the black people at, right? Where are they? Where are they? Yeah. And even going back to your child's school, like the granddaughter. That, your yeah. granddaughter. My school that I went to, I had to get in the lottery system. So oh, yeah. I would, yeah, it yeah. was a lottery system. So I, yeah. I didn't even just go by, go to the school because I had the grades, although I did have good grades. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to the school because, you know, hey, it was offered in my area. Yeah. It wasn't, although we were in the same town and really wasn't that far to get to. Yeah. I had to be selected through a lottery pool right. to go to this particular school yeah. up in the Oakland Hills, Skyline, Titans, not but <laughs> you showing a bias there, Tony. I know, I know, I know. That you're right. Look, okay, all <laughs> Oakland schools are great, <laughs> but anyway, I'm still a Titan. Anyway, <laughs> but really, it was a lottery system. It was not available to all of us. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just available to everybody. Right. No. And this is why then I have to appreciate the the experience, but then it does sadden me because everybody didn't get this experience. Yeah, and that's know? maybe a podcast for another time. Yes. Why can't everybody get have that, that experience? experience? And maybe we can go off on poverty, because I think we both grow up pretty poor. Yeah, um, you I know, mean, and, you know. And we can do yeah, that, I, but. I was middle class, I'm not okay. gonna tell no I was story. Poor. I my was mom poor. and my dad were, were, you know, middle class government workers or okay. what have you, so. My mom you know, was a single mother I mean, and 
but as a single mom, it did kind of put us on a little more impoverished level. Yeah. So, no, you know, not she, she yeah. couldn't afford what she would have if this was after, you know, dad left and all that other right, stuff. Right. So now, you know, she's trying to, you know, raise her children, you know, but she was still able to maintain coming out of, uh, of you know, now she had been, you know, in poverty, but then right. when she, of course, was one poverty of Poverty weaves its way yes. through, and I think we're easing out of white guilt, but right. I would love for us to talk about so we could talk, wealth gaps right. for another mm -hmm. podcast. But I think the idea of white guilt, like the idea of... Um, is it implicit bias or is it explicit bias? Is it, it, it basically comes down to, as you say, we gotta be vulnerable to one another, mm -hmm. be willing to have the conversations mm -hmm. and have those conversations modeled for us mm -hmm. at the top levels of our companies. And then mm -hmm. we really can be quote unquote dealing with it. Mm -hmm. It'll never be dealt with it because the dealing involves everyone talking through, making sure that right. we're all still okay. And recognizing the fact that even though you and I have talked about some of our personal experiences, the majority of this comes from the place of us trying to also enhance the relationships in the workplace. Yes. And enhancing yeah. the relationships in the workplace because we bring our whole selves, so we bring those personal experiences right. with us. Right. We have to deal with the white guilt that goes on, sure. right, in yeah. the world, and especially to the level of in the business, in the workplace, who's running these companies. Yeah. So it, it, it is a need to look at it, address it, and deal with it because we're not going to have good, wholesome workplaces, offices, and, 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 and jobs to go to um, if we continue to have to then go in and deal with the hate, the vitriol, yeah. the discrimination, the harassment, yeah. all those things yeah. that can then happen because there's still those folks out there that won't deal with acknowledging and or admitting yeah yeah that you know racism exists yeah still today in 2022 yeah and that we have not fully looked into our history enough to see what we need to yeah get rid of and do yeah to make this place a better place. Yeah, and we all want it to be a better place. It's not about white guilt so much as, huh, I see, I, we all want a better place. And I think there's people who feel that I want a better place and I want the way it was shown on television in the 1950s because that's my vision of a better place. Yep. But yep. we need to move yep. beyond and that. Like you said, and we're I think tired. We can. And just being, and being tired, we, we, this, this is a topic, I mean, I mean, not saying white guilt as a topic, but just the fact that, you know, we're still digging and digging and digging and, you know, and there's so yeah. many folks, you know, hitting the pavements trying to, hey, let's, 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 let's come on this time. Like you said, George Floyd opened up the doors right. for folks to really look at themselves. We're yep. glad about that. But yep. at the same time, you know, we can't just talk about it today. Talk about George Floyd. We have so many issues. Alma Aubrey, uh, George yes. Floyd, Breonna Taylor, yeah. Trayvon Martin, the list goes on and on and on. We have to get past this, and it's not about a police thing. This is really, truly about a societal issue and it how is. we move past, how we make America back being the great place that it was designed to be, yeah. right? Yeah. With the people that's here, no matter where they come from. We knew from the beginning, I learned as a young child, melting pot. I didn't know what melting pot. They say right. America is a melting pot. Yeah. Okay, so can we get back to a good melting pot as it melts? It takes the ingredients 
from all of the cultures, right? Sure. And put them together in such a good way that it's flavorful. It's well, good. Some will argue we're a salad bowl, but that's okay. But I think yeah, or the salad bowl. But we I'm can going wrap with the it up pie. here. That's all right, now see, that's a difference. But we can talk <laughs> about might, it. We can you know. talk about it. But let's. <laughs> Let it wrap up here. Because we didn't eat a whole here. lot of salad now, more. You know what I mean? I eat we a lot of salad. All right. We had green, collard greens, and cornbread. <laughs> All so right. In I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. In my melting pot, we want to basically, in the end, come to a place where we all work together, get along. We want our workplaces to be safe. We want our workplaces to be healthy. We want them to be less discriminatory I'm not gonna say none because right. you know it's always gonna be there but we can talk about it exactly yeah and if we can get to that point I think we're getting somewhere we'll do some good dealing I amen so yes. All right. well I look forward to talking about more of these issues in the future yes most definitely yes Hi, I'm Maura Snow. My co-host, Tanya Middleton, and I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Great Brook Podcast. Our producer and editor is Corrine Joseph. Special thank you to Acton TV for use of their studio located in Acton, Massachusetts. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Great Brook Podcast.